Blog Talk Radio. Rhyme ruler, the mind of the master, the yeah. prime poet designed for disaster, a crime candidate, the light heavyweight, I yeah. might levitate right through the heaven's gate, rhymes record break, next bonds and vertebrae, simple yeah. and plain like Kanye, I heard him say, it's murder one when he murder tracks, I'm a dirt yeah. bag, flirting with songbirds and Birkin bags, my first rap, catch Roberta Flack, I'm a certified Mac, but I'm sure you ain't heard of that. Slim thugging them hoes, they been loving the flow. They been hunting for men like in vogue. And I, I'm in season to season vet. I don't need respect. All I need is to check. Might check. Disaster. Disaster, disaster, disaster. That is where we are at. And no, do not tell me I'm overreacting. I do not want to hear that tonight. I want to be sad because this is my very first. NBA Draft Lottery as a follower, blogger, whatever you want to call me, of the Memphis Grizzlies, and it was a disaster. It was a disaster for the Grizzlies. They slide from number two overall likelihood of being in that top three. They had a 55.8% chance, and here they fall and slide to number four. And now you are in a place of so much uncertainty, so many questions. I just wanted it to be simple. I just wanted to focus on the draft. I wanted to focus on prospects. I don't think we can do that anymore. I think a lot of avenues and opportunities have opened up that the Grizzlies probably didn't need to be open. This is Grizzly Live. I am your host or one of your hosts, Joe Molinax. I'm joined right now by my co-host, Mr. Brandon Connor. Brandon, associate of GBB. Try to talk me off the ledge, dude. I'm not feeling this right now. I'm not feeling very good about where the Grizzlies stand. Wow. <laughs> you know, I I can't I fully I know mathematically like they had the largest odds of getting the number four pick. That's what the number said. Their best like the highest percentage chance of them getting the fourth pick. You just thought that after all these years of suffering that or I guess, you know, they've never had the number one pick. They've had the number two pick and they blew it. You thought, you know, maybe the NBA rigs things, maybe they would do them a favor this time. And I, I felt really relieved that it wasn't the fifth pick because that's, like, fully what I expected. I expect number five, and then they take Bomba with it. But then, like, I mean, I had, like, two seconds of relief before the, like, carpet, the floor is yanked out from underneath me, and they're given the fourth pick. It's just, I mean, it's just disappointing. I don't, I don't, I don't know any other word for it. It's heartbreaking. It's disappointing. And like I said, it just opens up so many opportunities for them to mess this up. Now you have real, real possibilities in terms of them trading this pick. Like, like that is real now. That was, not, that was something that we floated on this show when we floated on grizzlybearblues.com, and, and it was an idea that, oh, surely they're not going to do that. But you start to hear rumblings of, oh, the Grizzlies, they're saying they might trade it. You know, you hear it from, uh, from Chris Vernon and Mike Wallace and the Grind City media crew. No, they're not going to trade this pick. Surely they're not going to do that. Unless you are truly in love with Jaron Jackson Jr. Or for whatever reason, Marvin Bagley III falls to four. Because I don't think Doncic is going to fall to four. I, I, don't, I sure as heck know that DeAndre Ayton ain't going to fall to four. So either Bagley or Jackson will be there. If you like Bagley and he's there at four, then you take him, and I don't think you entertain a trade. But if Bagley's taken at three by the Atlanta Hawks, which to me is likely, 
and it's Jackson or Trey Young or Michael Porter Jr. or Muhammad Bamba, as you mentioned, all these guys that are second-tier prospects, this is a missed opportunity. And it's nobody's fault, obviously. I mean, it's the bouncing of the ping-pong balls. If, if, you think there's a, if you think there's a vast conspiracy, maybe you can be frustrated by that. But just the, the idea that all that bad basketball that we had to go through as fans, all that bad basketball that those players were subjected to, the difficult situations, the hell that J.B. Bickerstaff had to go through night in and night out, not knowing who's going to play, if you're going to have Tyreek Evans or not, the issues with Marcus Gasol all throughout the season, you go through all that to be handed essentially a crap sandwich. That's what this feels like. And t- tell me again, try to talk me off the ledge. I'm terrified they're going to trade this pick now. I'm terrified that they're going to trade this pick. And if you don't like Jaron Jackson or if you don't like Trey Young, and the thing that makes that so scary is the control that you can have over this player in theory over the next almost decade, because it'll be the Grizzlies that'll have access to him on a rookie contract for four years, which is nice when you're capped out. It'll be the Grizzlies that'll have access to the restricted free agency of that player on his first big contract and be able to offer an extra year. So theoretically speaking, you could have an elite, basketball player for nine years under contract in Memphis before there really is incentive for him to leave. And they might lose that opportunity. Now it's gone just like that. It's like the South park and it's gone. And that's where I'm kind of at with this feeling with this team right now. Yeah. I always like to, I mean, I always take front office talk or even with, even with the grand city media guys, I think a lot of what the trade talk was from, from Vernon is if you get, like a top one or two pick and someone at three or four or someone at three offers you a trade down, like what the Celtics did to get Tatum um, with the Fultz trade with the, with the Sixers. If that was there, I think Vernon kind of wanted, wanted that. But with, in terms of the front office talking and Chris Wallace talking, I think a lot of that you have to take with a grain of salt. I think that's GMs tend to cover their bases. Um, so he, he can say that all he wants. And we can talk about it all we want about them, you know, possibly trading this pick for, you know, a current player. And, and that's not out of the question, but I also think they just have to cover their bases. Like, like with the NFL draft, you hear a lot of noise and a lot of talk and a lot of GM speak. And sometimes you kind of just have to, you know, shut it out, not listen to it. Or if you're going to listen to it, kind of try to just, just take a step back from it. Don't take everything um, at face value. So I don't necessarily think that it's impossible that they trade it, but I think them talk, coming out and saying it, I don't, I don't know that you should necessarily panic that way. What I don't, what I'm worried about is just if, if Doncic, Bagley, Aiton go off the board, then you're left with a bunch of people who have a bunch of question marks. I've heard really good things about Jaron Jackson Jr., but he's one of the ones that I'm most unfamiliar with right now. Um, the Michael Porter Jr. is – I talked to – we were talking about him earlier today um, online, and it, we, it's basically – his comp is, my, is Kevin Durant with a back problem because – with a bad back because he can handle the ball. He's, he, he's like 6'10", um, but ha- handles the ball like a, like a guard. Um, but the back injury is just a huge question mark. You've got Trey Young, who's a big question mark. You've got Muhammad Bamba, who is basically – Hashim to beat 2.0 right now. He's a huge project. He's incredibly raw. He's just big and physical and blocks a lot of shots, but also gets into foul trouble while blocking shots. So it's just, there's so many players right now, like 
I like those top three, and I like guys who a little further back, like if if the Grizzlies traded back to like seven, eight, nine, and were able to get like say a Mikel Bridges, I would be okay with that because the guys that you're going to be taking into like where the Grizzlies are taking, unless somebody falls, are guys that I have huge questions about. I'm not particularly excited about. Um, and so if I could get somebody with a, you know, maybe a lower ceiling but higher floor, I would be okay with moving back there if if they do feel like moving the pick. But there's just so many questions now. With number four is like the kind of out of the range of the three guys that you, like, everybody loves. Um, so – I think that's the biggest disappointment is you don't, you don't, you're not no longer a lot for one of those three picks and you're probably not going to get one of them right now. You're probably not going to get one of them. And I do want to make something perfectly clear uh, before we take calls and, and hopefully folks will call into the live show. Obviously you can listen to the archive podcast at any time on blog talk radio. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, the podcast will go up on the grizzly website, our blog for SB nation. Uh, that will go up on Wednesday morning. Um, but you you feel like in the aftermath of this that it, the tank may not have been worth it. I, I will say to those who feel that way, you're wrong. Okay, that this was 100% still worth it. Uh, you can be disappointed in the moment and make no mistake, you can tell from Brandon, you know, I sound like I'm about to jump off a freaking cliff. But at the same time, that still makes this worth it, you know. Whether or not it's Jaron Jackson Jr. or Marvin Bagley, maybe Michael Porter Jr. is somebody they're interested in, Trey Young, the possibilities are now a little more open than if they were at number two and they take whoever Phoenix doesn't take between Aiton and Doncic. But now that you're at four, it's still a chance that you wouldn't have had otherwise. If you go all in on a season where Mike Conley's not healthy and you play Tyreek Evans and you do those things and you're picking ninth or tenth, you know, yeah, a Macau Bridges would, would be nice, but that guy ha- is, is kind of like a souped-up version of Dylan Brooks. You know what he's going to be in the NBA. He's going to be a good basketball player. There's value in that. Uh, but is he going to be a, a generational talent that Memphis is only going to be able to acquire through the draft? Uh, that has to be driven home. Big-time free agents, LeBron James isn't going to come to Memphis. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, you know, the, the top stars in this league are not going to sit down with the Memphis Grizzlies and say, hmm, that's an interesting free agent destination. That's just not going to happen. The way that the Grizzlies are going to be able to acquire this type of talent is through the NBA draft. So the, the tank was completely worth it. And, and Brandon, maybe you can weigh in if you feel differently. I think where the perspective has to come is now how confident are you in the scouting department of the Memphis Grizzlies? Because if they had won the lottery at number one, if they had stood uh, strong and pat at number two, and that was where they were, like I said, it's Aiton or Doncic. You know, most people make that argument. Some people are big fans of Marvin Bagley. Uh, There's a couple of Jaron Jackson Jr. uh, big stands out there. But beyond that, most folks say it's Aiton one, Doncic two. The decision is essentially made for you at that point. If you're not confident in the Memphis Grizzlies front office, which I don't know why you would be at this stage, now you're looking at a fourth pick where you're going to have to hit a home run on it. And yeah, Mike Conley was a fourth round pick about a decade ago now. At the same time, you've had some other picks where you've had to have a strong scouting department and you've swung and missed, you know, and it's not just a sheen to beat. It's a bunch of different types of players. So it's really a, a nerve wracking situation 
because now, and I've said this in articles over at GBB, the further down you go down the draft list, the draft lottery order, the more likelihood there is for mistakes. And that terrifies me with who's running or who is not running the show in the Grizzlies front office. If it's Chris Wallace, or there's somebody else calling the shots, the, the disorganization, even with Robert Paris solidifying the ownership and Memphis uh, holding on to the Grizzlies, at least through the end of the forum lease in about nine years or so. Uh, so in the immediate future, Memphis is going to keep the NBA team. But, but this pick is that important in terms of generational talent and being the face, the leader of the next era beyond Marcus All and Mike Conley. They just have more opportunity to screw it up now, and that terrifies me, Brandon. Well, I don't know. There's like nothing in the Grizzlies draft history outside of Mike Conley's success and his development that really, um, you know, is encouraging you in, in the fact that, you know, you, can the Grizzlies – select the right talent, and can they develop that talent? I mean, you saw, like, we've seen guys who the Grizzlies have drafted, and we I did a piece back on, the, on this like several months ago where we looked at the Grizzlies' um, best players versus a random number generator, and, um, like, they, they've just missed, and the players that they have hit on have actually been better after they've left Memphis. So there's not a lot. Um, in Memphis's history to say that, you know, they are equipped to, to draft a player here and to develop him into a future star. Um, they did last year, they, they had two second round picks and they actually, I think they, that was one, that's one case where they actually, um, you know, kind of nailed it. They, they got Ivan Rav, which who's turned out to be in spite of what I thought on draft night, he's turned out to be, it looked like, you know, a future potential, at least, um, you know, a possible rotation player. Dylan Brooks likes like a possible rotation player, if not starter on a good team. Um, so they've done that. But the year before that, you had, you've had Deontay Davis, who, who may or may not pan out, but who still has the same questions that you had when you drafted him. And they have, they drafted Rade Zagarac, who's not on the roster anymore. So I don't know. Um, it's been a while since they've drafted this high. And since given their history, I don't, I don't know how you can say with any confidence that they'll be able to make the right pick. Your, your real hope now is that one of Aiton, Doncic, Bagley slides. Maybe someone takes Jaron Jackson. And Jaron Jackson could be a general, generational talent too. Maybe, maybe we just don't know enough. Maybe he's not getting talked, talked about enough right now. Um, you know, maybe, he's, maybe he is a generational talent. Maybe the Grizzlies take him at four. and Maybe he turns out to be – um, a superstar, but if if that if they're not able to if there's a few guys there and they're not confident on it, I don't know why you would um, feel great about them um, making the right pick and afterwards being able to develop that talent into what they need to be a future superstar. So I th- I don't see any reason why you should feel confident. Is basically what I'm saying. Um, Joe, Joe, do you have any – have you gotten a chance to watch any of the other guys outside of – I mean, I know you're a big Doncic fan. I know you've um, – that's the guy you like. But are there any other prospects outside of the top three that you really like? <sighs> I mean, the only thing that could potentially save this, and there is a ray of hope, I think that the Hawks, if you look at the Atlanta Hawks, you look at their roster, 
if you have Jaron Jackson Jr. and Marvin Bagley and even maybe Mo Bamba in a similar frame of mind in terms of personnel and what they need and scouting grades, the Hawks already have a power forward on their roster. Uh, John Collins, I believe is his name. Uh, and he had a good rookie season that they just selected. Uh, in theory, Bagley does not fit the Atlanta Hawks. So if for whatever reason, again, Aiton goes one, Doncic goes two, Doncic goes one, Aiton goes two, whatever. You go down to three, and the Hawks decide to go with Jackson, who maybe is a more natural fit at the center position, or Bamba, heaven forbid. And Bagley falls to four. I, I think that's semi-realistic. I could see that potentially happening, and Bagley would be a great fit in Memphis. Now, of course, the, the next step to that would be Chris Wallace selecting Michael Porter Jr., even though Bagley is there at four, uh, or Trey Young, you know, doing something along those lines, uh, and you hope for the best that it works out, but you fear the worst. Uh, but I think that that is one positive of this. Now, I've done the beginnings of my research and my you know film watching and trying to get as many full games as I can uh like you said I'm a big Doncic guy I think he comes in and he was a perfect fit for Memphis obviously that's not going to happen now um you you look at an Aiton maybe not the perfect fit but he would have been the top talent on the board you would have taken him I, I like Bagley I think that when you have a player that that's that talented playing on a team like Duke who's that good playing against the competition that they saw night in and night out in the ACC, being able to be the player of the year in the ACC as a freshman, that holds weight to me. And I think that you have to respect that. You see him play an amazing athlete, uh, really could be that type of Chris Bosch 2.0 guy that, that is an upgrade from what Bosch was. And Bosch in his prime, for anybody who watched the NBA when Bosch was with the Raptors and then early on with the Heat, he was a monster. You know, he, he was every bit one of the best players in the league. I would be comfortable with Bagley being at four, and I think that that would be good. Jaron Jackson has a lot of potential, but at the same time, he didn't play a ton at Michigan State. Uh, he's raw. He's not somebody who's going to be ready to contribute, and obviously a, a lottery pick on a bad team in theory. The Grizzlies are hoping to not be bad next year. But you're looking at a squad that is going to have to need a lot of things to break right for them to – be good and make the playoffs again. Jackson could maybe fit as a, as a developmental kind of player. I don't see the fit in Trey young. I think he's talented. I think he could be a very good NBA player. I'm not as down on him as others are, but I don't necessarily see how he fits with this team. I don't know that you can play him and Conley together. I don't know that it makes sense to have Trey young be the backup point guard for three years. And I don't think that you're trading Mike Conley. So that makes me confused. Now, again, the, the thing that, trumps all of this is if Trey Young is at the top of their board at four overall and he's available, they need to take Trey Young. All I ask is there's a process that they follow. Uh, my concern is there's no process. They go and they watch players and then they promise them they're going to pick them and say that they didn't promise them and then they do pick them. And, and that's what the process is in Memphis. At least that's what history would dictate to us. So if there's a process and they have an actual scout, scouting set process and they have a player that is their top pick and they stick with that guy, then so be it. And I think that that would be fine. But to me, it, it's going to be somebody that is a big. I think that's where they're going to go. Even though they have a ton of young bigs on their roster, maybe that leads to them trading for a 2019 second-round pick since they're not going to have a first, uh, more than likely from uh, they'll be sending that to Boston. Um, 
I, I'm nervous about Porter and his injury. I'm nervous about Young and his fit. I'm nervous about Jackson and if he's able to be the, the type of player they need him to be. Uh, now you're depending on the Atlanta Hawks, essentially, to, to make a pick that benefits you. And that would be cool if Bagley fell to four, but I'll believe it when I see it. You know, if you're, if you're going off of top talent available, I'm not quite sure how you would have Bagley behind Jaron Jackson Jr. But that's just me, one man's opinion. You're listening to Grizzly yeah, Red Blues uh, Live? Oh, go ahead, Co- uh, go ahead, Brandon. Oh, I was going to say, I did just, I, I scanned Twitter for a second, and, and Matt Hardlicka does have the, he had, Doncic going one, um, looks like, yeah, Aiton going two, Jackson three, and Bagley four. So I could talk myself into that. So that if if it makes you feel any better, there's still a chance. There's still a chance. This is Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I am one of your hosts, Joe Molinax, joined by my co-host, Brandon Connor. Our guest for this podcast will hopefully be you. We're going to open up the phone phone lines now. Uh, our number to call in is 347-327-9173. We'll be tweeting that out in a moment as well. If you want to talk to us here for about 10 minutes or so, we'll open up the phone lines, take your calls, and and make your voice heard. Maybe you can talk us off the ledge. You know, like you said, reading through the Twitter timeline, there's folks that don't think this is that bad or that big of a deal. I'm open to being discussed or to being talked off the ledge. I'm I'm down for trying to make me feel better about this. I think Bagley at four is, is possible. I don't know if I'd say it's probable. I, I find a hard time believing that the Hawks have Jackson ahead of Bagley. It's possible they do. And if they do and Bagley falls to four, then this will be much ado about nothing and I'll feel better. Uh, but in the here and now, this feels like a big disappointment considering they were at number two. And, of course, they make the big slide down to number four outside of the top three. They had a 55.8% chance of being in the top three. Of course, that did not come to be. We'll take our first call here, uh, 901, so we know it's a Memphis area call. Who are we talking to here on Grizzly Bear Blues Live? Matthew. Hey, how's it going? Uh, listen, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm bummed out about the pick for the simple fact that I was hoping we would get number one straight down because I'm not huge on Aiden. I'm not huge on Dunkage because uh, for or one for Aiden, uh, a, a motor thing of him, of his, he, he doesn't seem to play hard all the time. And that is a problem for me, especially at his age. I need you to go hard all the time. And he seems like he, he has problems against – people his size and um it, it seems his interest and, you know is he playing because you know he's he can and he's tall or is he playing because he loves the game i i, I question that uh and and Duncan's, i i don't i don't know how he jumps up that high i mean i watch i i haven't been able to get any games but i've watched highlight films and i'm trying to see how did he jump above everybody else just because he played in the Euro League? I don't get that. I don't get that. I watched him, and I don't, I don't see whatever. Am I missing something? Help me out with what I'm missing with Dunkers because I don't see it. And Sure. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, as far as um, 
Maybe we can get Bagley. I, I would like love to get Bagley. I, I don't think he dropped before, um, but uh, this this I'm I'm thinking with this with this pick that they they were going to have to do uh, one of two things: either find a bag up slash replacement for Mark or Mike, because those are your two main players. But you know, Mike is. 30 and, you know, injury prone and, and Mark is 33 going on 34. I mean, and, and how much longer you think he going to be last in the league that's kind of going away from what he does? So, um, it's a, and the fact that I don't trust Chris Wallace judgment at all. I don't. I know. I mean, he's, yeah. <laughs> the, the fact that during the time of grid grind, he did nothing for the future of this team. Really, really says something about his ability to be a GM. I don't know how he keeps his job. I don't know how he kept his job after Chandler Parsons was a bust. Frankly, yeah, the, the the laundry list is long, but that uh, that Chris Wallace has made. Thanks for calling in, Bud. We appreciate it. All right. All right, again, I, I think that you, you, when you look at Doncic, and he makes fair points, and Doncic has been a player that has been kind of debated, whether it's on the blog itself or Grizzlies Twitter or wherever it is. You know, to me, that pick or that player, that prospect, you, you hear people talk about people far smarter than me who are paid to actually know these things. He's the greatest European prospect potentially in the history of the game, in the in the history of European prospects coming over. I mean, that includes Pau Gasol, that includes Dirk Nowitzki, that includes a lot of guys. You know, that's pretty high praise for a young player, and you have to keep in mind, he's as young as these other prospects. He's the same age, roughly, as a DeAndre Ayton, as a Marvin Bagley. He, he's, it's not like he's some 21-year-old who isn't still developing physically. He is. So that, I think that's something that sets him apart, too, is the fact that he's not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. And what he is right now is already so good. Um, so that's my take on Doncic, and, and I'm with him on Chris Wallace. I, I do think Chris Wallace should get a little bit more credit for some of the things he did, but you know, especially the way that he handled the Tyreek Evans situation. That's where he lost me uh, a major amount of – or he lost a major amount of points with me was the, the situation with Tyreek. But you could point to the trade for Jeff Green, which I liked at the time. I can't, you know, berate him for that. Uh, others didn't like it, but I did. Uh, it, it's just such a – it's a tough spot to be in for them. And it's disappointing in the moment, but, you know, it's something that you can still kind of take solace in knowing that at least they still have a shot at someone like a Bagley. If you think Jackson and Bagley are in the same ballpark, then you're not as nervous perhaps as I am. I, I think that's where a lot of this comes to, Brandon – is how you feel about that next tier down. If you think Bagley and Jackson are essentially the same, then you're not really sweating this as much because you think you're still going to get a pretty darn good player. To me, the difference between Bagley and Jackson is pretty big, and that's maybe why I'm more nervous. Yeah, and that's understandable. And I think our caller brought up some, like, the fair point, fair questions about even even the guys who are viewed in the top three have question marks. Like, Doncic, obviously, he has he – has, like the talent and the um, like the finesse tools, the the passing, the ability to get the ball, um, handling that you think he can. He may not have um, like super super athleticism that a lot of the the best NBA guys have, but he could um, 
you know, make up for that with like other attributes. So that's that's a fair question. Um, the with with Aiton, you have a lot of questions about. He questioned his motor, and I think that's a fair question. You don't know, um, like, how is that going to translate to the next level? Is he still going to be um, unmotivated? We've seen the same thing with, like, when when Deontay Davis is focused on the game and wants to play his best, he can take it over. He's, I mean, he can he blocks shots. He's he's great at setting picks and then rolling to the rim. But when he's not focused, then he's just he's a mess out there and you have the same sort of questions with Aiton. And I think that's fair to bring it up that like a lot of these guys still have questions. Um, this isn't like the draft where there's a clear cut number one guy um, head and shoulders above the rest. There's a group of guys who a lot of people think are good. And I think that's what, um, and there's, there's some debate about who belongs where. And I think that's fair. Um, but I, I don't think it's out of the question that the Grizzlies end up with a good player at four. It's just disappointing that we won't have the opportunity to take, you know, some of the, the top three guys. Um, there, there's a chance that we won't get one of the top three guys. And I think that's the, the biggest disappointment here. And, and like our caller said, nobody trusts the front office right now. And, and you shouldn't. Like, there's no reason to trust them. Three four seven three two seven nine one seven three. That is the number to call if you want to chat. If you're listening to the podcast live on this Tuesday, three four seven three two seven nine one seven three. Still got a little more than five minutes left here. Where we can chat with folks uh, about the 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 disappointment is probably the best way to put it. I do think in the days ahead there will be a lot of arguments made as to why this is not the end of the world, uh, and I do think. Again, it doesn't mean that the tank wasn't worth it. It doesn't mean that all of that stuff wasn't part of a process that Memphis can still benefit from. It's just that if you truly were high on Doncic or Ayton, as I was, and if you don't think Jackson or Young or Porter Jr. or any of these other guys are in the same ballpark as a Bagley, it makes you nervous as to whether or not Bagley will be there at four and you feel like you're missing out on an opportunity. Uh, it's certainly possible that those, as you said, Brandon, those guys work out and they're good players and, and everything will be fine and dandy. I'm just not as set on that being a likelihood at this stage. Uh, let's do a quick mock draft, Brandon. Uh, let, let's take a look at the lottery order now as it is. We'll just do top five. We won't go too crazy here. Uh, we got the Phoenix Suns at one. Uh, they had the largest likelihood of the number one overall pick as it was, and they won. Uh, the Sacramento Kings, of course, the big winners tonight, jumping all the way up into the top three. They will pick two overall. Atlanta moves up into the top three. They will pick number three. That puts the Grizzlies at four and the Mavericks at five. So you're looking at a top five there that is not friendly if you are a friend or a fan of Aiton and Doncic for the Grizzlies. But as we've been mentioning, as much as we've been disappointed on this podcast, there is still potential for a talented player uh, Brandon, I, I think we'll probably share the number one overall pick. Uh, the Phoenix Suns will probably take DeAndre Ayton number one overall. Maybe Luka Doncic gets some uh, gets some pull there with their new head coach that they hired, who has coached Doncic in the past. But I feel like Ayton is too much of a home run possibility. University of Arizona kid comes to Phoenix and hopefully becomes a legend for the Suns. I'm going to go Ayton at one uh, in an instant mock draft. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think when when the Suns hired who they did for their head coach, when we still thought the Grizzlies might have a chance at being number two, that's I, I got a little nervous because I thought 
you know, there is that connection. Um, but I, I don't think it's unfair to, to, to mock Aiden there because I don't know who they have at center. They still have like Tyson Chandler, um, Alex Lynn. They, they could use somebody to pair with like, you know, Devin Booker, their, their point guards who they think are their, their young building blocks. Yeah, so Aiton at one, and that leads us to Sacramento at two. Uh, it's supposed to be the Grizzlies. The freaking Kings are killing me. The Kangs, you know, as angry as you can feel, uh, in all seriousness, it couldn't have happened to a better franchise in terms of fans. You know, the fans of the Kings have obviously been through a lot, the nerves of the team possibly leaving Sacramento, uh, all the years of uh, struggles in terms of mismanagement and those sorts of things. Uh, you, you feel good for the Kings. If it had to be somebody, I'd rather it be the Kings than, say, the Mavericks or someone like that. So congrats to Sacramento. Congrats to the Kings. They get two overall. I'm going to have them taking Doncic, number two, which is going to drive me crazy. But he, he's going to be a talented player for them. Uh, he'll join a good young core of guys in Sacramento, Fox and uh, Bogdanovich and other players. It, it's going to be interesting to see how they all kind of fit together in Sacramento with Dave Yeager. But – He's got a lot of tools to play with. I'm going to go Doncic at two to the Kings. Yeah, and uh, man, the um, the Bogdanovich Doncic pairing there with the Euro the the Euro guys who are both incredibly handsome. They're going to have the best like best wing rotation. Plus, they've got De'Aaron Fox running the point. They're going to have one of the most handsome front courts in the league. So you got to look out for them. But you're but you're absolutely right. The um the Kings fans, all the ones that I've ever met are great to talk to. They're fun. Um, they don't get too riled up um, on Twitter. They kind of, you know, take everything pretty lightheartedly. So if you're right, if it was going to be anyone, I'm glad it's the Kings. And I do think that's a silver lining to this. You feel happy for a Kings fan base that's been through a lot. It's a cool opportunity for them. Um, that takes us to number three, and that'll be the Atlanta Hawks, uh, which, by the way, I didn't know that their owner was the chick from Entourage and the chick from Twister, Bill Paxton's wife in Twister. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Um, but she's now the owner. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's now the owner of the Atlanta Hawks through some way, shape, or form. And I'm sure there's a, a lot logical reason for that, but I don't know it, so I'm just going to find it hilarious. Um, Here's where it gets interesting for me, and obviously what the Grizzlies do at four will be directly impacted by the Hawks at three. First off, by no means should the Grizzlies trade for this pick, uh, trying to get up to three and giving up, you know, multiple second rounders or, you know, whatever it would take that to get into that realm. Uh, if, if it costs another first round pick or if it costs a Dylan Brooks or somebody like that, it, it ain't worth it um, to me because of the fact I think the Hawks I've talked myself into it. I think they go Jaron Jackson Jr. here out of Michigan State. I think they're going to like his potential. They're going to like his size. The Hawks are not in the same boat as Memphis in terms of wanting to be good instantly. They're okay with kind of a prolonged kind of tank. And they want a guy who has maybe a little bit higher ceiling than Bagley. I would debate that. But in terms of the raw physical tools, the ability to handle the basketball, what Jackson did as a defender, especially at Michigan State, I think that's going to win over the Hawks. I have them taking Jaron Jackson three overall. I think that's fair. Um, I think there's also a point to be made um, with there's been a lot of issues with Dennis Schrader right now, or Schroeder, Schrader, Schroeder. Um, right. He's got legal issues, and he's asking – it seems like he's trying to ask out of Atlanta. 
So there's a chance. Um, I guess really the it's the highest point guard on the board, Trey Young, because um, there may be a chance that they would either take Trey Young there um, to replace or or to eventually replace uh, Schroeder, Schroeder or um, you know maybe look to trade back. I think that's a possibility. But I think Jaron Jackson's also also um, reasonable. I think you could, see. I don't know if they have a a center. I think that's probably a, a possibility too. Maybe they could take Bamba there. But but I think Jaron Jackson is a reasonable mock there. And I'm going to go with it because it makes me feel better. Because the Memphis Grizzlies will slide and smile into home plate with the number four overall pick, probably taking who they would have taken if number three. Marvin Bagley the third. I like Bagley. I think he's talented. Like I said earlier, I respect the work that he did at Duke, being an ACC player of the year as a freshman. He has unbelievable raw athleticism. He has skill. You can see that he has a lot of game to develop. I think he fits well next to Marcus Gasol. I think he, if not immediately, uh, Brandon Abraham wrote about how Jamichael may start in front of Bagley if Bagley was the pick. Uh, if not immediately, I would lean to immediately. Uh, very soon into the season, Bagley becomes the starter there. Jamichael Green's probably not in the long-term plans anyway. And you've got Bagley to fit alongside Mark and Mike during the duration of the rest of this era. You essentially just need to find a two to, to start. Uh, you got that, you got Dylan Brooks at the three or uh, just another wing if you don't believe in the positions uh, of the old school NBA. So I'm going to go Bagley the third at four for the Grizzlies and make myself feel a little bit better. Well, absolutely. I think I think that's that's probably the best case scenario for the Grizzlies is that you know one of um, Atlanta or um, Atlanta Phoenix or the Kings take somebody kind of take either Jaron Jackson or somebody else kind of lower down on the board and that that allows the Grizzlies to get one of those top three prospects. Um, feels like the most likely player to slide would be Bagley, um, but. Hey, you never know. There's been crazier things happen on draft night. You never know what could happen there. But but Bagley probably feels like best case scenario at this point. And, and I think that's that's you know that's you say you know best case scenario. That's still still a pretty good outcome when you when you think about it. Yes, I would agree. I think that would be a pretty good outcome for the Grizzlies, and that would lead us to number five, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Again, another team uh, maybe kind of waiting out the end of Dirk. Uh, content with not being very good, maybe getting another slice of the lottery pie. Uh, I'm going to have them going upside here. They're going to go Mo Bamba. Obviously, Dennis Smith Jr. was their pick last year, so that doesn't make sense to go Trey Young here. I could hear an argument from Michael Porter Jr. If you think he could play the four or or Harrison Barnes could play the four in Dallas, Um, Michael Porter Jr. may go here to the Mavericks, but I'm going to go Bamba of Texas. Uh, Worst case scenario, he's going to be a – a very, 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 very good defensive player in the NBA, you could always use those. And at five, I think Dallas would be happy with that. Yeah, and I think they've talked they talked about maybe he could develop a three point shot so he could kind of be a stretch five and move out to the three point line. He's um that's like a very I wouldn't call it like a remote possibility, but people have talked about that maybe he could, you know, get three point range eventually. Um but really just Bamba's the guy that I would I would want to stay away from. If I were Mavericks fans, that's the guy who I would not want the team to take. Um, I know they've had issues with Nerlens Noel, and he's probably leaving when the year is out, um, and they probably would be in the market for a center. But that's just 
the the bust potential seems. I would I would really recommend Liam Doyle. I think I think that's his last name. Um, the the intern for Dunked On had a scouting report on on Bamba, and there's a lot of stuff that you know he does. He does well. He's not that great at this yet. He's really he's really a project. He's got a lot of issues. Um, his best quality is that he's a good shot blocker and rim protector, but a lot of times he gets into foul trouble. Um, so he he's a project and he has a lot of bust potential. And so so from what I've read, um, he's he's probably the guy that I would like be like no way stay away from him. Um, and the name is Liam Doyle. You can check him out at Liam Doyle D O Y L E N B A on Twitter. Um, he's got some good scouting reports if you want to check those out. So I would recommend those to, to anybody who wants to kind of check out some of the prospects that we talked about. We got a couple more minutes here in the show. Let's try to take one last call. Who are we talking to here on Grizzly Bear Blues Live? It's Nathan Chester. Trey. Hey, Young. Nathan Chester, <laughs> GBB senior writer. Nate, thanks for calling in, buddy. We got a couple minutes here, and I know you're going to kind of preview an article you're going to be writing for the blog more than likely. You're excited about picking number four. Tell me why. I am, um, because it comes down to this. This is the deepest draft in years. Um, I believe every single player, probably the top top five or top six, any one of those guys could end up being the best player in this draft. So if the Grizzlies can get Trey Young or Michael Porter, four or five, it's not the most ideal situation. I'd prefer Luka Doncic, I think, at this point. But, I mean, Trey Young, Michael Porter, those guys could end up being the best player in this draft. So this is not the end of the world, but it stretches the imagination. And make sure you're checking out Nate's article on this very topic here over at grizzlybearblues.com in the coming days. In the wake of this, I think people may catch their breath and, and maybe not be quite as frustrated, but I'm still going to stay angry at least for another 24 hours because I really like Luka Doncic. I had dreams of DeAndre Ayton, and those are dashed. But as you said, I Nate. Think, I think uh, Jay Bill has had uh, Doncic number four on his board. Right, which is crazy to me. But that, that, no that way, that's no a topic for another podcast. Thanks for calling in, Nate. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the next time we'll be on the Blog Talk Radio Airways will be May 24th. The uh, NBA Combine is this coming week and weekend, so we'll talk about that next week. Uh, take a look at that and then take a couple of weeks off heading into the draft. Make sure you're checking out grizzlybearblues.com for all of our terrific content on the NBA draft now that we know that the Grizzlies are picking number four overall. And don't forget, they've got the number 32 pick in the second round as well. Make sure that you're looking into our NBA draft watch party with I Love Memphis on June 21st. It's going to be at the Memphis Rec Room. going to be a ton of fun. Check out all the details on our Facebook page, and you can also check them out over at grizzlybearblues.com. Thank you, Brandon, for joining me on this, uh, this abrupt episode of Grizzly Bear Blues Live, really kind of uh, digesting what has occurred with the draft lottery. For Brandon, for Nate, for everybody out there, and especially thank you to you for listening. I'm Joe Molinax. Grind Forth Grizz Nation. We'll be back next week. This is Grizzly Bear Blues Live. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared, and our price match guarantee. You can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.
So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.